0: More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, December 8th, and we are here answering your financial questions. And before we do that, I want to tell you about an exciting new project that Mark and I are launching, and I am very psyched about this. I think you've heard me talk about my pals who host a podcast called The Compound and Friends. And it's an investment podcast. They're really smart guys. It is Josh Brown and Michael Batnick. And I think they're incredibly smart and charming and lovely. And I had such a good time when when I went on this podcast. I literally thought to myself, I got to figure out a way to do something with these guys. And we have done just that. In fact, we are launching something with the folks at the compound, which is a Jill on Money video show. Yeah, it's totally cool. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be a separate playlist under the compound that you'll see for Jill on Money. And we're calling it Jill on Money powered by the compound. And I'm so excited that this is beginning. And in fact, this weekend, um, there is going to be the, the first little taste of it, which is Josh Brown and I talked at length about what we hope to do in the show and how we're working together. It's just going to be a blast. And uh, The Compound is going to drop that episode on uh, tomorrow. And then every Saturday going forward, they are going to be dropping our show, Jill on Money Powered by The Compound. The first Jill on Money by The Compound program on YouTube will be launching on December 16th. I could not be more delighted about this. And I think you're going to love it. And by the way, for you investment nerds, you should check out their podcast, The Compound and Friends, because it's great. It's just absolutely great. And there's no problem if you want to do a little bit of that investing thing. I'm cool with it. I'm not just old boring Jill. I like a little fun every now and again. I really do. All right. So now let's get set here. Uh, We have things to do. We've got to answer some of your email questions. This is from Mark, who wants to know about funding, retirement, and an inheritance. So Mark writes... My wife and I are 60 years old. We both have retirement accounts. I have a thrift savings plan worth $925,000. My wife has $26,000 in her retirement account from her current employer. I plan to work a few more years, but she is considering retiring now. In May of 2023, she had to stop work to care for her mother, who passed away in August, and she's not returned back to work. My wife is currently the personal representative of her mother's estate. We're in the process of transferring all of the assets, stocks, CDs, mutual funds, and retirement money into an estate account. The estate account will be used to pay for expenses associated with her mother's house, which we plan to renovate and sell next year. How can she best use the inheritance, which after the sale of the house should be about $500,000 to fund her? Her retirement account, and if possible, avoid paying taxes on the money. My wife and I have a house that has a mortgage balance of $167,000 and $15,000 in credit card debt. Okay, let's take a breath here, Mark. So, first and foremost, I'm so sorry about the situation. It's always weird talking about an inheritance because we have a person who actually passed away. So, I'm sorry for the loss of your mother in law. Now, the next step of this process for your wife is that she's going to oversee the estate account. And, you know, eventually, as you said, the money will be distributed. And I presume there might be other siblings involved. But if you're telling me her share is $500,000, a couple of things to note. Number one. There probably is no estate tax that is due. Maybe there's a state tax, a state death tax. I doubt it from the size of the estate. So you don't have to worry about any tax being um, passed to you in terms of estate tax. Now, that said, when the money goes into an estate account, when it's non-qualified or non-retirement money, what happens is that there can be an accumulation in that account. It can go up in value, and that can generate a tax liability for the estate. So I only point that out to you to, so that you know that the estate itself might have an income tax return to file. I presume you're working with an attorney and an accountant who can help you out with that. Now, once we get to the other end of this, um, a few things to remember. She will be inheriting partially a retirement account, and in that case, she has 10 years to get the money out. And that may be something that you think about doing after you, Mark, retire so that she takes the money and that income to her doesn't add to your own tax liability. Uh, Of course, you should pay off the credit card debt, but don't pay off the mortgage balance. That doesn't seem necessary. Your wife can't put money into a retirement plan on her own uh, if she is no longer working, but maybe she can use a spousal retirement account. Or maybe because you don't have a lot of other money outside of retirement, maybe the best thing for her to do is to just put that in a brokerage account. Either way, I don't think she's going to go wrong. I do think that it's going to be a process. So please let us know if we can help you out here's an email from one of our favorites anonymous anonymous well this is another show about inheritance this is the show about inheritance i guess this one is hey jill and mark i love listening to your show i found you six months ago on youtube and i wish i found you sooner okay anonymous is asking for advice about an inheritance anonymous writes that my partner and i live in a low cost of living area He is 40 years old. He makes $72,000 a year. I'm 39 and I make $101,000 a year. We are both eligible for pensions. If we stick in the system for 30 years, his annual pension should be around $44,000. For me at 30 years, it would be $66,000. That's a lot of money, man. Okay, we would be 55 and 53 at the 30 year point. Now, I may get a promotion in the next year, and that would lead to a pension of even more, $94,000 for me, if that happens. We currently spend around $4,900 a month, which does not include retirement contributions, but it does include savings of $1,000 a month. Oh my God, they're saving like crazy. They've got the pensions. What more can I ask for? In addition, they're putting $3,200 a month in savings. The current plan is to start transitioning that soon to paying down a home equity loan. Hmm, let's hear about the house. The house is worth around $480,000. There's no mortgage, but there is a home equity loan of $79,000 at 5.8%. Okay, I understand why you wanna pay that down. My husband has $38,000 in a Roth uh, dollars 60000 in a pre-tax 401k, 6500 in a Roth IRA. I have 93000 in a pre-tax 401k, thirty-one in a pre-tax, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Husband recently inherited $55,000. They've got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old. They haven't saved a lot toward their college, about 10 grand between the two. Um, they've got a lot of programs in their area where they could potentially graduate with associate's degrees when they finish high school. This is the 1st time hearing about this in the last two weeks. These are amazing, these high schools where you graduate with a, an associate's degree. Anyway, she goes on to write, I'm not too worried about it. I don't think it's going to be hard for us to pay the remainder at that time. But what do we do with the inheritance? Should we pay down the home equity loan, put the money in 529s, invest, pay cash, blah, blah, blah. Also, they're also driving old cars. They may need to be replaced in the next one to three years. I don't like debt. My first inclination is to put a big chunk towards the home equity loan. Since it's 5.8%, I am kind of risk averse, but something you said about cash in a recent episode really hit home, and I realize that we should be moving toward investing money soon. Okay. I'm happy to say we do have our estate planning documents done. And I look forward to hearing your advice about the inheritance and what we should do with the $3,200 a month that we are currently putting in our money market. Okay, so let's look at this. So they've got $30,000 in a money market account. They're putting money into retirement, but they still have $3,200 a month plus this 55 grand to pay that, that is a lump sum. So we know that they're going to need cars. I don't know how much they're going to spend on a car. I think that a car loan is probably pretty close to that four or 5%, but we'll see. You know, look, I think that the, the best thing that you can do is kind of split the difference. Why don't we say of the 55,000, you already have 30,000 that is in money market. You have pensions and it sounds like your pensions are going to be Pretty well set to fund what your needs are going to be in the future. I think we put forty thousand down on the home equity line, and that gives you fifteen thousand that is available. Plus the thirty, keep putting money away until you finish with the car thing. And when the cars are done, then I think you're ready to start a different plan. And maybe that plan is that you're going to put money down um, uh, into an investment account, a brokerage account. That would be fine. You've got such great cash flow. I don't see any big problems. Okay, this is from Joe, Um, and I love the message. Hello, Aunt Jill and Cousin Mark. My parents are from a crappy small town and will be moving to the big city. She's a recent heart transplant patient, and they will need to relocate for her continued care. They want to sell their house in the small town and move to the big city. How should they think about funding this? They're old school. They're not interested in a loan. Okay, let's be clear about that. They don't want a loan. All right, they're going to have $280,000 from the sale of a house. They are going to have to purchase a home for $400,000. So we have a $120,000 delta there. They have living, ex- this is amazing. Their income basically covers their living expenses. 45 coming in, 45 going out. They're 69 and 72 years old. They've got a pre-tax 401k with a half a million dollars and they've got cash from just cash. So... I think what I would do is this. I think that if they really absolutely will not take on a loan, which I don't think I'd want to now with these rates anyway, they would take of their 180,000, they'd add that to the proceeds of the sale of the house, buy the new house and drain that cash account And then start to little by little take some of the money out of that 401k to replenish some of their cash in case they need it. The question uh, is the bonus question. Would it be worthwhile to pursue long-term care insurance? She might, mom may need that. Mm, I don't think you have enough money to do that. Once you have the house, it's going to be too expensive. And I don't think she'll actually, I'm not sure she would qualify for it. So I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, let's see. This is from, <laughs> this is funny. So this is from Elaine. Uh, hi, Jill and Mark. I love the show. My partner, and let's call him Jerry, like in L- Elaine and Jerry from Seinfeld. Okay, partner of 12 years and I, they're thinking of getting married. His health insurance on the open market is just insane. We think it makes sense for taxes, but we need help in checking our math. We own a home together. We split the expenses 50-50. Jerry owns his own business with one full-time client. He makes about $150,000 a year. He pays himself 50 his business and personal tax filings are separate. He's 55 and healthy, but he likes to have good health insurance. Who doesn't? And on the open market, his costs are about oh my gosh, about uh, eight to nine fifty a month. Let's just call it a thousand dollars a month. He's got one point two million dollars in savings and retirement. I'm 47. I work a job. Uh, W-2, and I make $450,000 a year and about $1.2 million in savings in retirement. We are on track for early retirement. We keep our expenses at $7,000 a month. We think we could have significant savings on our income taxes filing married and also put them on my health insurance for $150 a month. How do I calculate our future tax bracket with his pay structure? he pays himself only 50. So do I use only that income plus my income? The health insurance alone would be a significant savings, but I've heard about the marriage tax if we do this wrong. So, okay. First of all, I bet he has an accountant who can help you with this. And um, I will tell you that that's a pretty easy thing at this time of year to ask an accountant to do. Hey, if we were to get married, how would this work? And I think, it's about right, because you right now in the at four hundred fifty thousand dollars filing single, you're in a top bracket of thirty five percent. Now, that's fine and dandy, all good. because honestly, if you go into, if you get married filing jointly, you would take your 450, add his 50, which would put all that income at thirty five percent. But you can see from his point of view, he's going to be in a much higher tax bracket. His tax bracket goes from basically 12% to 35% on his 50 grand. I mean, look, it's not terrible. It's not that much money that he's making. The health insurance to me is a bigger deal, not so much about the cost, but that he has good coverage that he likes. At the end of the day, I don't think this is going to matter to you, either of you, in a meaningful way for your retirement. It's not going to mean anything in terms of your long-term sustainability. So, if you want to get married, get married. And if it just bugs him so much to go out and shop on that marketplace and the coverage isn't as good as your coverage, then, uh, you know, go get married. It's okay. Um, But remember, all of his 50 grand will now be essentially taxed at the 35% bracket, whereas right now, oh, I I made a mistake. I said 12%. Right now, his 50 grand will be basically taxed at the 22%. So, You know, the marriage penalty is that his income is taxed at your highest rate. And if you don't mind it, then don't worry about it. I wouldn't do it either way for one way or the other. Uh, And if you have follow-up questions, let me know. Okay, that's it. That's the program. We thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our brand new show, Jill on Money, powered by The Compound. It is a video show. And if you would like to appear on that show and tell us about your financial story or your question or your... Issue, then we would love to have you. So when you go to JillOnMoney.com, click the contact us button and we get your note. It's so easy. And Mark will figure out whether or not you want to come on the podcast, whether you want to come on the YouTube show, the video show, or whether it's just an email. Any way that you want to get in touch with us is fine with us. I don't care. I just love talking to you. It is Friday. So I get to tell you this, that our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer and king of all things web. And we are distributed by Odyssey. In fact, you can subscribe to this podcast, Jill and Money, on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Try to lift someone up today. It's going to make that person feel good. It will make you feel good. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.